Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fector, and I'll be the host of your show this morning. Jared was scheduled to join us. He still might, but uh, we never know it's him, right? Uh, and I just wanted to make a note real quick. Uh, you know, it's our first episode here on the Baseball Podcast Network, and we're very excited to be on the network. Uh, bunch of great podcasts you got you got to listen to them they're all if you're listening to apple Podcasts, just scroll down they're right in there fantastic episodes we had a major uh minor leaguer from the mets patrick biondi on the amazing Mets show on thursday go check it out wonderful wonderful guy uh and we're just excited to be a part of this excited to be a part of the uh you know countrywide network hopefully international networks of podcasters who are just talking about their favorite baseball teams and uh, our favorite baseball team here is the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I, I want to head right into the mailbag just to start off the show, and I want to talk, uh, answer Vincent's question. He says, Machado is not an option in my opinion. I give it a zero chance. What do you give it from zero to ten? Now, th- th- there were some swirling rumors that, you know, the Pirates may be a mystery team and a Machado. And as the Pirates were a big market team, Machado would make the most sense for the Pirates out of any team in the league. But the Pirates are not a team that's going to go out and give a guy $300 million. They just aren't. I'd give it a two or a three just because, you know, we were supposedly that mystery team. But it's up right now, it's going to be the White Sox, uh, the Phillies, or the Yankees. It's going to be one of the three. Um, and then we're just going to have to settle, I believe, for Jose Iglesias. He's my number one target. Then you can start to look at Nick Ahmed, Freddie Galvis. But – Machado, I'd give a two or a three. Can't completely rule it out, but uh, very, very unlikely. Uh, so that's going to be a bad question we're going to take this week. To ask your questions, be sure on the Baseball Podcast Network Instagram page, Bucks Dugout Instagram page, to put up about you know 12 hours before the show and sh- submit your questions there or comment them on the posts. I want to talk you know, about some catching. The Pittsburgh Pirates will be facing a decision with one of their catchers when spring training rolls around. Catching depth is one of the most important things for a Major League Baseball team to possess. Just ask the 2011 Pittsburgh Pirates used eight different catchers. When spring training 2019 begins, this year's edition of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club will have a decision to make pertaining to their catching depth. Right now, the team has three catchers on their 40-man roster. These three catchers are starter Francisco Cervelli, his primary backup Elias Diaz, and Jacob Stallings. While Cervelli and Diaz have spots on the opening day roster locked up, the Pirates face a decision with Stallings. The 29-year-old Stallings has accumulated 72 plate appearances across 24 games for the Pirates the past three seasons. In these 72 plate appearances, Stallings has slashed for a 288 average, a 333 OBP, and a 333 slugging, while playing strong defense for the Bucks. Stallings has spent the majority of the past two seasons with AAA Indianapolis Indians. In 130 games with Indy the past two seasons, Stallings has slashed for a 292 average, a 346 OBP, and a 422 slugging, with a 343 WOBA and a WRC plus of 115. So it appears he may be turning a corner after struggling offensively early on in his professional career. Furthermore, the team thinks very highly of the defense Stallings plays. On top of having a strong arm behind the plate, also a strong blocker. 
The Pirates also believe in his ability to handle a pitching staff. What to do with Stallings in 2019 may seem obvious. Simply send him to AAA to be waiting in the wings if something were to happen to Cervelli or Diaz, right? Well, unfortunately, it is not that simple. Stallings is out of minor league options. This means the Pirates cannot option him to AAA to start the season without him having to clear waivers. With how desperate some MLB teams are for catchers, odds are he would not clear waivers. If the Pirates were to have Stallings on the open day roster, instead of taking the risk of losing him on waivers, they would then have to carry three catchers. This is not the norm in baseball. However, the Pirates are not exactly rolling in strong bench options. So it's not as if keeping Stallings would cost a deserving player a bench spot. Adding to the toughness of the decision for the Pirates is their current catching situation. Right now, the Pirate catching situation is a strong one. Last season, Pirate catchers had a MLB best F4 of 5.3. However, Cervelli has a past history of concussions. Due to this, the team has incentive to keep Stallings around as insurance. Additionally, Diaz is arguably the team's best bench bat, and by keeping Stallings on the roster, Clint Hurdle would be freed up to use Diaz as a pinch hitter. Another factor is the lack of catching depth in the Pirates system. Losing songs would be a big blow to the system's catching depth, which will also be taken into consideration when a decision about songs is made. Now, all of this could prove to be a moot point. The team remains engaged in trade talks revolving around Cervelli, and if he is moved, then Diaz and songs is the MLB club's catching duo. But if Cervelli is not traded, then the team will have a decision to make when it comes to Jacob Stallings. And again, this is a complex issue. It's not a simple one. Obviously, if you are you know, just a casual baseball fan and you don't know, you know what minor league options are, you'd think, hey, send him to AAA, have him wait in the wings if Cervelli or Diaz gets hurt. Cervelli's going to be gone in 2020. Diaz and Stallings will be the duo. That's, that would be the traditional thought. And it would work out if he did have minor league options, but he does not. That means he has to be on the major league roster or we risk losing him on waivers. And as I said, Jacob Stallings is a serviceable backup catcher in this league. He can very easily be a backup catcher. He's going to get lost in waivers. And if he does get lost in waivers, our catching depth is razor thin. Razor thin. The next guy behind him now is uh, minor league invite uh, Stephen Barron, who we just signed. I don't know much about Stephen Barron, but I don't have much confidence in him being my backup catcher if Diaz or Stong, uh, Diaz or Cervelli goes down. And then after Stephen Barron, who you got then? Do you really you look towards Christian Kelly or John Borman? There, there's not that many options in the Pirates uh, system, right? And our, our prospects in the catching system, they're pretty far away. And this is why I said you cannot trade Francisco Cervelli. You cannot do that to the fans and because we're looking to compete. And if you want to put the best team out there, you have to have Cervelli and Diaz as the tandem catchers. But on the same token, Diaz is the best bench bat. Typically in baseball, what you do is you wait to have the catcher, backup catcher, he bats last in pinching the situations. Because when Cervelli goes down, then you know, you're put in a tough situation, put in a bind. But if you have Stallings on the roster, you can aggressively pinch hit Cervelli or Diaz, whichever one is not starting that day, because both of them are fantastic bats as well as fantastic catchers. 
The Pirates catching situation is strong, but they will make a mess. They it could potentially be a mess, right? If they trade Smelly, it could potentially be be a mess because you have the DS Dongs duo. One of them goes down. You have to look to Stephen Barron, and we don't know how good he is yet. And there's really nobody after Barron. It's a tough situation for Neil Huntington to be put in, but it's a it's a baseball decision that needs to be made. And if I were the one making the decision, I'd keep Stongs on the bench simply because we don't really have strong bench options. If you look at who's probably going to be on the bench in 2019, obviously it's going to be Diaz will be the backup. We'll have that fourth outfielder. <clears throat> uh, one Sergio Paul comes back, will be Lonnie Chesnall, but you're not going to really have a true fourth outfielder at the beginning. I believe Pablo Reyes will probably be on the opening day roster. Um, that's a given. And then whoever doesn't make the team, whoever is in the starting shortstop, Eric Gonzalez or Kevin Newman, that's also going to be in your roster. And you can really just plug Stonks in there. We don't have a strong bench. Stonks is not taking away from anybody's bench spot who's deserving. My opinion, keep Stallings. You don't want to lose him. It's going to be an interesting season. And it's really never been tried out before, carrying these three catchers aggressively pinch into them. But the Pirates are going to be the first to try this out and to see how it works. And if it works, then excellent. If it, and if it doesn't, you just put Stallings on waivers and you hopefully keep him uh, but lose him. And we can readdress his catching situation in 2020. We have a strong catching tandem, and you want to keep Jacob Stallings on the roster. And you want to keep him in the system. Keep him on the roster, and we will see where it goes from there. <clears throat> I want to talk a little about the minor league system, the Pirates farm system, and check in on how it's doing. Recently, there was uh, some nice talk about it, too. Um, again. And the Pittsburgh Pirates farm system received some high praise from a major prospect site. Here's what was said about their top prospects. While the Pittsburgh Pirates farm system is not what it once was under Neil Huntington, the team still boasts plenty of intriguing prospects. The system itself is actually back on the upswing and could start to trend back in the top 10 in baseball by the end of 2019. Part of what was, has hurt the Pittsburgh Pirates farm system over the last two years has been the number of players that ha- they have graduated to the big league level Prospects traded away at the 2018 trade deadline and in general drafting later in rounds during the playoff years. However, even with all the turnover, the team continues to bring in upside talent. Just last year, the Pittsburgh Pirates brought in top 15 prospects in the form of Brian Reynolds and Jason Martin. They also grabbed a top five prospect in Travis Swaggerty and top 15 prospects in Braxton Ashcraft during the 2018 MLB draft. Meanwhile, they have plenty of young players in the lower minors who are starting to make names for themselves, like Calvin Mitchell, Max Kranich, and others. While developing prospects is important for the big league team, what is the most important is making sure the so-called can't-miss prospects do not miss. These are the blue chippers, the prospects that most fans know the names of, the top prospects in the farm system, the prospects who teams look as future players to build around. According to Jonathan Mayo at MLB Pipeline, the Pittsburgh Pirates have one of the best prospects in the division. The writer over at MLB Pipeline compared the top five prospects of each team in the National League Central. Mayo said that the Pittsburgh Pirates are the second best top five to only the Cincinnati Reds. Although Mayo did say it was close. Here's a little bit of what he said in his inbox article. 
quote. It's closer to the top for me, but the Reds currently have four guys on the top 100, while the Pirates just have three. The Sensor Trammell Green Trio on the top 25 overall is tough to beat, as good as Keller and Hayes are at the top of the Pirates list. Mayo lists Mitch Keller and Cabrian Hayes as the Pittsburgh Pirates' top two prospects, both who fall inside of MLB Pipeline's current top 100 prospects list. After those two, we list out there Travis Swaggerty, O'Neill Cruz, and Cole Tucker to round out their top five. Swaggerty is ranked at number 75 overall, while O'Neill Cruz and Cole Tucker do not appear on the list. Of course, Cruz and Tucker, especially Cruz, have a chance to show up on the pre-2019 list. It is really positive to see that the Pittsburgh Pirates still have a higher-ranked farm than their other division rivals. Now, people always ask, how important is a farm system? You know, how important is it to have a good farm system? Simple answer, it is very important. You know, it's almost more sexy now to have the top farm system in baseball if you're a GM than be a team in the middle. Um, yeah, to be a meddling team. You know, maybe you're going to contend, maybe you're not. If you have a top farm system, you're going to have a good major league team one day. Okay, prospects do miss, and it's going to happen. But as I said, the most important thing is, is those top-of-the-line blue-chip prospects don't miss. The five guys that can't miss for the Pirates, I'd actually say four. And I'll give you a reason why. Mitch Keller can't miss. You know, we have that fifth rotation spot. It's up in the air right now. And it's going to be a battle between uh, Nick Kingham, Jordan Lyles, and Stephen Brault for that fifth rotation spot. Whoever wins it has it. And if one of them does not do well or, you know, is average, uh, Mitch Cohen's going to be ready by the summer, and I'm thinking he's going to be Garrett Cole circa 2013 all over again. You know, Mitch Keller is highly touted, but he cannot miss. He just can't because we don't have a fifth rotation spot if, if, he, do, if he does miss. We need Mitch Keller to be a centerpiece, to be a top-of-the-line rotation arm. And if he is, just think about how good that rotation is going to be. Tyone, Williams, Musgrove, Archer, and Keller? I mean, it's one of the best rotations of baseball, if not the best. We can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Even with our four guys and a mixture of in that five, Lyles, Brault, Kingham, or if they decide to go with an opener, I'm comfortable throwing any of those guys out there. Let's go compete. Let's win a ball game. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Keller's ready in the summer. He needs to perform well and boost us into the playoffs as we journey towards the World Series. Now we're looking at our number two prospect in Brian Hayes, and he's really been rising up the prospect board, and he's a very, very exciting player. Brian Hayes will probably be ready uh, 2020, maybe a September call-up. Um, but Brian Hayes could very well take over for Colin Moran at the third base position. It's honestly a debate now who's going to be better, Keller or Hayes. That's how fast Hayes has been rising on the board. As you remember, he hit a home run in the uh, Rising Stars. Yeah, Rising Stars game, I think. Well, whatever the future, no, the Futures game, the Futures game back in uh, D.C. in July. He hit a home run in that game. And he's, he's a very exciting young ball player, and I think very well could supplant Colin Moran at the third base spot if Moran doesn't show up big time this year. So it, uh, it's a big year for the third base position in general with Colin Moran and Jung Ho gone. Colin Moran needs to show up. Because if he doesn't and he puts up a season like he did last year, T. Brian Hayes is going to be running that third base position 2020. Now we move to our number three prospect, 
is, uh, I believe, Travis Swaggerty. Yes, Travis Swaggerty is our number three prospect. Um, wonderful. I mean, that's one of the benefits of that 2017 season. Yes, it was a crap season. But it was a season that we needed to have. It was a season that Neil Huntington needed to have to open up his eyes to see, hey, we got to trade Kutch. We got to trade Cole. This era is over. We can't sit here and pretend we're still the same team we were in 2015. We're not that same team anymore. We're a completely different team. And the way I like to think of the 2019 Pittsburgh Pirates is a team, you know, sort of like the Braves of last year, or even like people are thinking the White Sox or the Padres are going to be this year. We, we have a super young core that is ready to go out there and compete. This reminds me a lot of the 2013 Pittsburgh Pirates team in 2019. You know, 2012 was, we always made the playoffs, and we had that collapse in the 19-inning game back in, in Atlanta with the Jerry Meals call. 2018 is a very similar year, in my opinion. You know, when we traded Cutch and Cole, people wanted to burn the city down. They, it was seen as a money dump. What are we doing? We're going to 20 more years of losing. No, that didn't happen. It didn't. In fact, we improved on our win total. We had a winning season, the fourth since 1992. This Pirates team is on the uprise, and if you don't realize that now, you're, you're going to be stuck when they are competing for a playoff spot in 2019, competing for the division crown. Yes, it's going to be tough to get there, no doubt. We have one of the best divisions in baseball, and it's only got better with the Reds acquiring Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Cardinals going out and getting Goldschmidt. But here's the thing. I don't care who those guys get because I know our pitching staff is the most dominant pitching staff in the league. I don't care what you say. I don't care what pitches you throw at me. I'm comfortable rolling out Tyon, Archer, Williams, Musgrove, and our fifth starting pitcher. I'm comfortable with that rotation every single day of the week. Very comfortable. And back to my point about Travis Swigert. 2017 was a good year because we were able to draft someone like Travis Swaggerty, get rid of Kutch, get rid of Cole, who were just poisoned to the team anyway, bring in Musgrove, bring in Jason Martin, bring in Michael Feliz, bring in Colin Moran, bring in Kyle Crick, Brian Reynolds, Kyle Crick and Brian Reynolds. It reinvigorated this team. It made it younger. It made it more exciting. And it's built us for the future now with Travis Swaggerty. 2017 was a good year, and it was a necessary year for the Pirates to be where they're going to be in 2019. If it wasn't for 2017, let's say in 17 we were 85-win team, didn't make the playoffs. The situation that happened in the offseason of 17 going into 18, it wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have traded Kutch. We wouldn't have traded Cole. We wouldn't have Swaggerty right now. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't be this reinvigorated team that we are right now, plain and simple. And that's what excites me so much. You know, 16 and 17 were terrible years. You know, there were high hopes. 2018 were the low hopes, and we exceeded those expectations. Cruz and Tucker, one of them have to hit. They're both shortstops. Uh, Cruz is a little bit younger. Um, I honestly feel like O'Neill Cruz is the real deal. So is Cole Tucker. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But overall, wonderful praise for the Pirates minor league system. We're on the upswing. We're going to be a top 10 system very shortly. and. The thing is, as we're ready to compete and this wave of new talent comes in, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be a very dangerous team for a very long time. Watch out.
All right, I want to talk a little about a signing, a signing that the Pirates made this week. The first move in a while, actually, right? <clears throat> uh, minor league deal. Oh, signing an ex-Cardinal. So, despite adding a veteran left-handed reliever on Monday, the Pittsburgh Pirates should continue to pursue bullpen help. Exiting the winter means the Pittsburgh Pirates still had three needs. The team was still in need of a shortstop, a fifth starting pitcher, and another left-handed reliever. On Monday, the Pirates made a move that, on paper at least, may have appeared to address one of those needs. The Pirates and lefty reliever Tyler Lyons agreed to a minor league deal on Monday. However, despite the signing, the Pirates should not stop pursuing bullpen help because the team still needs left-handed bullpen help. In the past, Lyons uh, worked as a starting pitcher, a long reliever, and won inning outings. He could also be used to get left-handed hitters out in vital situations during the flow of a baseball game. Due to injuries, Lions pitched just 16 and two-thirds innings for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2018. In these 16 and two-thirds innings uh, pitch, Lions got hammered to the tune of 24 hits, three home runs, a 9.6% walk rate, 8.64 ERA, and a FIP of 5.02. This was the worst season of Lions' six-year MLB career. Prior to injuries, Lions had a strong 2017, owning a 2.83 ERA, 2.86 FIP, a 30.9% strikeout rate, and a 9.1% walk rate. 2017, however, is more of an outlier than the norm. In 108 innings pitched between 2015 and 2016, Lions posted a 4.54 FIP. This included him owning a 24% strikeout rate and a 6.6% walk rate. He also allowed an alarming 1.75 home runs per nine. Furthermore, 2016 season was ended earlier due to injury. So in recent seasons, injuries have started to become an issue for Lions. This is never good for any player, but it is especially true for pitchers. Looking ahead in 2019, the senior projections are not kind for Lions. He is predicted to pitch to a 4.17 ERA and a 4.25 FIP. This includes a 23.3% strikeout rate and a 8.3% walk rate. For comparison's sake, Stephen Brault is projected to own a 3.98 ERA, 4.10 FIP, a 22.5% strikeout rate, and a 10.5% walk rate in 2019. So while Brault is projected to walk more batters than Lions, he is still projected to be a better pitcher in 2019. Injuries have also caused Lions' fastball velocity to drop each of the past three seasons. After averaging 90.6 miles per hour on his fastball in 2016, it dropped to 90 flat in 2017, and then 89.2 in 18. Again, using Brault, since he is an in-house option to do what Lyons does as a comparison, his fastball averaged 91 miles per hour in 2016, 91.9 miles per hour in 2017, and 92.5 miles per hour in 2018. So Brault's fastball velocity is doing the complete opposite of Lyons. Additionally, Lyons is also 30 years old, while Brault is only 26. It is not unreasonable to believe Brault could improve as a pitcher, while Lyons, partially due to age and partially due to injury, has hit his peak. Due to ineffectiveness and injuries, Tyler Lyons should not be an answer for the Pirates. At this point in their careers, Lyons is essentially the same pitcher Stephen Brault is. The Pirates need and easily can do better than that when it comes to left-handed relievers. So now we have the in-house options for the left-handed bullpen out. Lions or Brault, which one do you pick? And we went over the comparison. And at the end of the day, Tyler Lyons is not the answer. Okay, people look, 
oh, the last time he was injury-free, just look at 2017, he dominated. Yeah, it would be nice if he did that, but again, that's an outlier, not the norm. It's not the norm for him to do what he did in 2017. Lines is an aging pitcher. He's at his peak. His fastball velocity is going down. He's injury-prone. Terrible season last year. While Stephen Ball is 26, fastball velocity on the rise. Yes, he did have a rough season last year, but he can still get better. Lions and Brault really are at different stages of their career. Lions is headed downward, Brault is headed up. And it, the signing wasn't bad, I'll say that. Because it's a very low risk, it could be a high reward situation. If you had the Tower Lions that pitched for in 2017, then you, you know, you're, you're smiling, you're walking down Federal Street, skipping around, right? If you add that to the already dominant bullpen the Pittsburgh Pirates have. But at the same token, you know, Stephen Brault's going gonna to be on the opening roster regardless. I believe he, he will be – well, I, I shouldn't say that actually because he, he could not be on it because of the Jordan Lyle signing and uh, the question around the fifth rotation spot, the long relievers, you know, the whole deal with that. But it's going to be an interesting battle, I believe, between Brault and Lyons in spring training. And it's going to be an interesting one, you know. This Tyler Lyons signing, you know who it reminds me a lot of? Um, you know, both ex-Cardinals, uh, both may not work out the team. When we signed uh, Kevin Segrist last year, you know, uh, Segrist had a decent spring training, but he didn't make the opening day roster. Was sending AAA and then just pretty much refused to go, so he got suspended. Um, I, I, I don't really know where he is now, but this signing is eerily similar. Both left-handed pitchers, both from the Cardinals. Both had pretty good careers and struggled a little bit in the prior season. I think Tyler Lyons in the mix is not a bad idea, and I'm looking forward. We're 49 days away from the first spring training game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we got, like, what, six more episodes with you guys after this until spring training starts. So that's going to be exciting. You know, we have some off-season stuff to go over for the next six episodes. But then once spring training hits, we'll be talking position battles. We'll be talking, you know, who's going to win out, who's going to be on the opening day roster. We'll talk spring training numbers, too. I mean, Ooh. Well, there's five baseball going on. We'll talk. You know how we talked to the Saguaros back in November. But I'll say this again. I'm going to continue to say this. Lions and Brault, not terrible pitchers, but we can do much better. We just can't. You know, the Cardinals, they added Andrew Miller to the mix. The Pirates obviously weren't going to be on him, costing too much. But there are left-handed reliever options out there on the market. The Pirates should look to pursue them. Now, I've said this the whole offseason, and I've been very, very clear about my two-player wish list. It's two players. They're really the only two players I want us to get. One, Jose Iglesias, two, Gio Gonzalez. If we had left in a bullpen help, great. If we had Ben Sheps, great. I honestly think Ben Sheps is probably more important at this point than the left-handed bullpen help. You know, I'm very excited for 2019, if if you can't tell. And it's, all, it's January. It's our first episode of 2019. And you know, this is the year, right? This is the year all the pain and all the suffering comes to an end. 1979, 40 years ago, since we won the World Series. 2019, both in with nine. This is the year we finally get the job done. Let's reinvigorate those We Are Family Pirates, and let's bring that into 2019. I have full confidence in the scene that we are going to win the World Series in 2019. Listen, you, I, really, I really don't care what you say about the side of it because 
I know how good the rotation is. I know how good the bullpen is. And I know how good the offense can be. We can just get guys to bounce back. Corey Dickerson, Josh Bell, Colin Moran, Jung Ho Gong. They're all going to bounce back. On an excellent cruise. The team's going to be special in 2019. You better watch out. Especially if we sign Iglesias and Gonzalez, add that bench step to add a left-handed reliever. It's going to be fun to watch this Pittsburgh Pirates team going forward. And as we sit 49 days out from the first spring training game on February the 23rd, they head to Clearwater to pick on the Philadelphia Phillies. you got to be excited. And the show's just about <coughs> wrapped up here. So I, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. You know, my name's Benson Vector. Uh, wonderful time with you guys this morning. Jerry can join us again, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be here next week. Uh, make sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, myself at BucksDugout and Jared at Pirates.Strong. You know, for more Buckley Booth content, head over to our website, BaseballPodcastNet.com. has a bunch of stuff about the network. Fantastic website. You'll love it. Uh, and follow the network on all the social media platforms, Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet, on the Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. I'll tell you how to spell that. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. That's where I'm going today. Pitt, North Carolina. Sold out Peterson Med Center. I, I, you could be a Penn State fan, but I, I'm diehard Pittsburgh all the way. Steelers, Pens, Pirates, especially Pirates. But uh, we'll, we'll see if we can pull out the upset. You know, under Cape and Crew, and then this is a baseball show, but in our last 20 seconds, just like the two of them in there. So, hell to Pitt today, right? <sighs> Let's wrap this up. My name is Benson Vector. Thank you all for tuning in to Bucket Booth. It's been a pleasure being with you this morning. We'll see you right here. Same time, same place, Saturday, 8 a.m. See if the Pirates make any moves. Until then, let's go Bucks and have a great week, everybody.